Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck. Leland McRae is with me as usual. Yeah, and Leland, it's time to talk about what's going on in Augusta County. And unfortunately, one of those things is COVID. Yeah, we had the news last week when we recorded that Stuart Straff was on pause. Uh, I believe we did. We talked mm-hmm. about that on the podcast, didn't we? Yep. Okay, so, uh, but since then, I think it was right after that, that's why my brain is messed up, Stanton went on pause. And not only just a pause, we'll be back next week, a pause, hey, first game of the season's not going to happen next weekend. So uh, that's this week now, and that's their game against Wilson. So obviously that affects another local team. Uh, the good news here on Monday is that they – rescheduled that game for November 5th or, or that weekend. Um, I know the JV team also got postponed to that week. So that game week moves to that week, and that kind of works out. Uh, so it's it's nice that the kids won't have less games to play because of this instance of COVID coming up between one of the two teams. So it's nice to get that back on the schedule. It's I mean, it's just the right-in-your-face reminder. We all need to be thankful for whatever football is played this fall and just cross your fingers that a lot of it can be played because things are rocky right now, and uh, that's, that's what we're dealing with. That People just need to kind of have it in their heads that, you know, that's not the end of it, and, uh, hey, I'd love to be wrong, and that, that'd be the end of it. Hey, Stan's back to play in next week, and everybody's good to go, and Stuart's draft back to practicing now, and everybody's good to go. I'd love that to be the case. I'd love to be wrong about this, but it, this is not the last we talk about COVID this football season. No, it's not going to be. Um... You know, you see the articles in the paper. Uh, they're talking about in the county and both cities um, that numbers are already climbing in those school districts. Uh, I think 109 cases were in Augusta County, and they updated it to say 80 active or above 80 active. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, it's not good. Uh, and that's in Augusta County. Waynesboro and Stanton also have positive cases in their school systems. Um, but, you know, you look at that number, and it, I think it said in the paper, it's the highest it's been since February. Like, that's before – did they have kids going in February? I guess they did. Uh, um, Augusta didn't start until April with um, the four days a week. Before that, they did have uh, the two days a week. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Augusta had two days a week up through that point. Uh, Stanton had just started back uh, with kids in the school in January, and I think Waynesboro is around that same timeline. So um, February was right after every school had some kids at least uh, two days a week. Yeah, so again, uh, I I think you're right. This isn't going to be the last time we talk about COVID moving games or possibly canceling games. Yeah. And I I think this just goes to further prove – dispel another myth that goes on that, you know, oh, COVID doesn't affect kids and doesn't, there's no school transmission and all that. Um, Look, Leland and I aren't doctors, but neither is the politician that, or the news agency that you're getting that information from, because you don't hear any qualified medical doctors saying that. And if you're listening to certain people that do tell you that, those people are dumb. And they're, well, that's best case scenario, they're dumb. Worst case, worst case scenario, they're a special kind of evil because they're trying to lie to the public to get you to do something that's not safe. So 
I would just recommend that you talk to doctors. You know, the people that when you get COVID and then have to go to the hospital and want to be cured, those are the people you go to. Talk to those people because they'll tell you, hey, this is a bad idea. You need to be careful. Get vaccinated. Wear a mask. That kind of stuff. It's not that hard. And I have firsthand uh, knowledge of this that the doctors even, you talk to them and it's not some kind of straightforward on how you deal with once once you're diagnosed diagnosed or, or have a positive test. I mean, there's confusion and what, what, when do you start counting how many days and all this? And it's a confusing thing. I'm not saying there is just some, some black and white between how to deal with it once you have it, but knowing that this is a problem right now that we're all dealing with, and there's danger to each and every one of us, not just older adults, not just middle-aged people, not just little kids, everybody, and no one's outside of it is, is that is black and white, that this is a big problem for everybody. And you know, we're a sports podcast talking about the sports that matter to the Augusta County sports fan. I, I'm worried about the school staying open right now, you know, much less football and volleyball and golf still being able to play. That goes hand in hand with it, um, if not beforehand. But um, I'm just worried about these schools staying open so the kids can get educated and uh, have somewhat of a normal social life, which it's just getting harder and harder at this point. So it's hard to talk about anything going on in this area without acknowledging that stuff going on and uh, hopefully stuff can start looking better. But I, yeah, like I said, well, I, this I, isn't the last we talk about it. What did we say back at the beginning of last football season when people said they'd do anything to let their kids p- be able to play sports and not have that taken Mask away from up them? and vaccinate if you can. Yeah. That's the answer. If, yeah. if you don't have a genuine medical reason that you can't get vaccinated, get vaccinated. If, and then wear a mask. That's literally all that's being asked of you. You're not asking. You're not being asked to go volunteer at a hospital and help. You're not being asked to go deliver food or give money or anything. Really, none of this requires money. The vaccine is free. It's super easy to get. It's not hard. You just have to not be listening to the wrong people. And so I just think it is upsetting that we are still in this day and age and the vaccine has been available for what four months for most of the people in our country more i know than that. well more than that I mean, but i got it four months ago so i guess um th- that's what i'm saying like i had to wait in line but i got yeah, it four the months ago of the list was available four months ago yeah um yeah, I so we still only have 50 percent or a little over 50%, that's kind of upsetting. Um, so when I hear people say they're, they're willing to do anything, I guess I kind of roll my eyes sometimes, depending on who that person is, because it's very apparent that you're not willing to do anything. You just want to do nothing, and then you just want it to go away. And unfortunately, that's not how diseases work. So um, if you're just mask up, get vaccinated if you can, and that's the best way to try to make sure high school football and anything, really life in general, gets back to normal. But, and if you don't yeah. do that, then don't complain about it because you're part of the problem. Yep. So let's move forward. We're talking about high school football because it's going to go on this week, the teams that can play. Well, allegedly. We'll have this conversation as if we don't know the future with COVID and uh, hopefully all these games can be played or shifted to be able to get played. But, Joe, let's start breaking down all the our local teams, our seven local teams that play within the limits of Augusta County and talk about uh, their outlook on the season and kind of a season preview here on the Exports podcast. And so let's start where the team that we talk about the most, it's Riverheads, because they play the longest every single year. 
Uh, they've won five straight state championships, part of their eight overall. Uh, they were 10-0 last season. They haven't lost for 36 straight games. They're coached by Robert Casto, who owns a lot of records for coaching, and he's moving up the list in the state, 26th year. Let's talk about Riverheads. They have don't have Zach Smiley back. They lost also Cy Cox, Trevor Roberts, Colin Armstrong, Tyler Davis, uh, Isaiah Dunlap, and David Brooks. Those are a lot of big names that provide a lot of good minutes for them. But this is the team in the area, number one, that you when you start going through who you're missing, you worry the least because you've seen them reload year after year. You can't win five straight state championships if you don't reload a list similar to that every single year. Now, Zach Smiley stands out because he was great on both sides of the ball, all state level player on both sides of the ball, um, owns all the running back records at Riverheads. But it was eased last spring when you saw Caden Cook cash when he was able to come in the game and, and get touches, you know, score his 10 touchdowns on the season or how many it was 13 touchdowns. I think it was, and, and really look good and, and look like he's kind of that next star running back at Riverheads that kind of eases the pain for Riverheads as they go into this schedule um, you know, with some some tough non-district opponents. Yeah, this is a team that, like you said, it, they just it doesn't matter. Well, I, I'm not saying that those kids that left aren't big losses, but they always seem to have kids that plug in and are ready to go. And yeah. you know, you mentioned five straight. That means even the first one, if everybody on that team was a freshman, then they still had to refill yeah. everybody that was on that first team. And, and they've they done a state championship the year before that. So it's six straight years they've played for a state championship. I mean, yeah, you've absolutely had two generations of, <laughs> of kids here. Like you've had a smooth transition. And the past four, uh, you know, it's been Galax, Galax, uh, Chilawi, Chilawi. Mm-hmm. And each time they play the same team the second year and you're thinking, oh, well, you know, this team got to see Riverheads. Kind of know what to expect. Riverheads has just blown them out even worse the second time, both times. So uh, it's been pretty impressive to see what Riverheads has been able to do over this stretch. I would expect them to be back, you know, barring having to forfeit a playoff game due to COVID. Uh, I would be surprised. Leaving that out of this conversation. We're not, we're not putting that evil on any of these teams. I'm just saying it as a disclaimer now. That's the only way I see that's Riverheads. That's the upfront disclaimer. That's, that's why we talked about these other things before, is that we, you know, we, can't, we can't see that coming for anybody. So That's the only yeah. thing I could see stopping Riverheads from winning another one in Class 1. I just think they're that much better than the competition there. Obviously, looking at their schedule and moving forward to that, uh, Week 3 loops out at you. Lord Botetot going to Roanoke to play that game. That seems to be the game that I think Riverheads does not get a win. Outside of that, they played Stewart's Draft twice. That was a team that took them into overtime uh, last year when they played, so it'll be interesting to see with two matchups, a home-and-home home there, what happens. Um, and I guess I'll ask you if you know. I, I would guess it's the second one that's the district game? Or it is. is. It the, yeah, the first okay. one's a non-district game. Um, I know it puts Riverheads being the home team for two straight of the district matchups, but that's just how – the cycle sorted itself out with Waynesboro coming in and some stuff flopping around. Right. But uh, it, it eases it when you're going to play a home and home anyway. Um, you know, the other, the other game I mentioned on there, uh, especially for the non-district is that Taswell game. Taswell played them tough to start out last year. Uh, I think they bring a decent amount of people back. Still a game we would assume Riverheads would be able to go win. Uh, they're a solid uh, class two program now. Um, but, and, and going down on the road for that is, is a challenge, but 
I agree with you. I think Lord Botetourt stands out as as the toughest game because it is because it's the toughest game Riverheads. I from every way I can measure it, from all the ways I can research, I don't think Riverheads this program even before Robert Casto has played a team this good. They have not played a state title quality team from class three before. I have not, I have not found where that has happened in their history. And if I'm wrong, I'm, I, I'm eager to hear that. So, but definitely in the last 26 years, it hasn't happened. And so this is the hardest team they played. They played, you know, when you start looking at the hardest teams they played in the past, and, I, and I'll bring this up when we break down this game in a couple of weeks too, but you're looking at like William Campbell teams that produced NFL talent and, and was dominant at class one at that time. Uh, you're talking about Gretna and Giles, who, who had lost playoff games to both those two teams. I, this Lord Bata team is still better than that. So they're really going to have to do something to win this game. I, but it's Riverhead, so you, I, I don't know. It's hard, to, it's hard to just talk about Riverheads in any sense at any time and just be like they have no chance to win a game because we've just seen them win so often, so much. And even in years that they've lost individual games, it seems like they still win a state championship or still go deep. And, and that's their goal. Their goal is not going undefeated. Their goal is not even necessarily the Shenandoah district. Some of those things happen for this program on the way to the bigger goals, but their goal is state championships. Ever since they won one in, in 2000, the team I was on, that's the new standard for Riverheads football. And, and you take the trophies as you get them on the way there, but if they lose to board Botetot, that's not going to change any trophies for uh, opportunities for Riverheads. It's just going to end this win streak that you would assume at that time will be 38 games. And, um, and, and maybe they'll be better for it, you know, playing against that high level company. Lord Botetot's good. That's, that's why, that's why we give them the credit. They are that good. They're good all over the field. They're going to play individual matchups this season. They're going to be tougher against Lord Botetot than, than everywhere else. I, I can't find a position group where I'm like, oh, well, this Stuart draft is better at this position than Lord. No, Lord Botetot is loaded at running back, loaded at quarterback, loaded on the line, both sides of the ball loaded. Just, it's just going to be one of those games that they're outmatched, and we have not seen that in a long time. And uh, I, we, I expect them to keep it closer than the experts think, but we'll see what happens from there. And, and I know you're more pessimistic than me because I'm – absolutely biased <laughs> but i i acknowledge that and say this is tough and and so i i'm not denying the truthers out there that say lord bought ought to win this game i'm just saying i i could see them not getting blown out and and because i do hear that from some people what is your definition of blown out i guess i guess we go over that you're always around that 21 point i mean that's i have three scores three range. scores is um 18 or 17 17 would be three scores. I think at least 17 they yeah, lose by. And, okay, I hear you. And, and so I, my default is just to say it's going to be less than that. And But I'm, I'm not – if it's a blowout, it ain't going to be a blowout by Riverheads. So I agree. <laughs> I, I'm acknowledging I, – I, I'm, I'm going against my heart and my blood all, all I can and saying what I'm saying. And, I, you know, by the time we get to that week, I'm going to come up with how – what Riverheads has to do to win it. You know, that's going to be my thing going into that. What do they have to do to win it? And those keys to the game, because we're going to be covering it. You know, we're going to be down there for radio, you and I, and we'll be able to see it firsthand. And, and I'm going to go into that game calling it with those keys in mind. And the thing about Lord Botetourt is they can probably do a lot of those keys and it can still not go their way, because that's how good Lord Botetourt is. They are absolutely one of the top of Class 3. I'll say it then and I'll say it now. I commend Lord Botetourt. They're not afraid to play people, just the same Riverheads isn't afraid to play people. Same as Appomattox, not afraid to play people, because all three of these teams are playing 
uh, you know, Lord Botatop plays Riverheads one week and they play Appomattox the next. So I, I, I like that Lord Botatop's willing to play. Uh, they're not scared of getting beat by a good team from a division below them. So I don't see why anybody else in that division would be scared to play anybody either. So I, we have plenty of time to talk about those individual games. I, you know, I'm interested on how the line played. That looks not only in that game, all season for Riverheads. That's what I'm going to look at these first couple of weeks as, as they get ready to play Lord Botatot is, you know, how is um, – uh, Josh Watson at center looking good. You know, the uh, how Bennett Dunlap is handling the offense at quarterback. You know, is Cooper Robeson just look as natural as he's looked? And, and in the scrimmage, all those answers were good. Yes, they look good. But I wanted to see it against live competition as they head into that game. Uh, Noah Smiley lining up at tight end. You know, how how is all this working? Isaac Hartless, John Wood. I want to see these guys look good in the at the beginning of the season because that's what's going to mean they're good in the postseason if, if they're looking good through the regular season. So um, that's that's the keys. Those are the names that we're looking for as we get to the playoffs. And that's what Riverheads is playing for is success in November and December. You've already talked about it. You talk about Galax. You talk about Chilawi. I think you really only need to add Giles to that list. Giles coming down from class two, and they've had a lot of success in the past from class two, um, but not real recently. And I, I don't think this year is the year they're projected to be a major contender, even at class one. So, um, but I, it just wouldn't surprise me if that name pops up down the stretch. Um, Essex should be back to playing football. We've seen what Riverheads has done with them in, in the state semifinals and whoever comes else from region a, but it, it's, it's kind of all the same, uh, you know, we could talk about Riverheads a lot, but you're still say the same things because they stay the same. They're, they're the constant. They keep being the contenders every single year. And uh, this year is going to be the same case. They're, they're going to be, threatening for a state title, if, if not win the thing. Yeah, I agree. I don't think anyone in class one's beaten them. So, All right, let's stay in class one and talk about the Buffalo Gap Bison. They come from class two. Uh, it's Coach Brad Wigan's third season. He's nine and nine as a head coach there. Uh, he's gotten them to the playoffs both, both seasons, and uh, that's a program that's been to the playoffs a bunch of years in a row now uh, because – like I say about Buffalo Gap, they, they tend to find a way to win that game. You don't expect them to, and that's what's kind of got them in the playoffs the last couple of years. They've been borderline uh, last year for sure, um, and then they were in that 4-5 or five game before that. You know, So um, they have some holes to fill. They have the Rivenberg kid, the younger brother. Uh, Tanner is the younger brother. He's gone. Uh, a lot of line play with Jacob Craig and Ja'Kai Johnson gone. Um, Hunter Campbell, I believe, is gone. So they have a lot of holes to fill. But this is another program that's proven that they, they do a pretty good job at filling the holes. And now playing in class one, I, I can see them probably having more playoff success than we're, we're used to them seeing these last couple of years going out early in the playoffs or only winning one game. Um, I could see them having more playoff success, but what will we see in the regular season from them that, that improves on those records? In the regular season, I think Buffalo Gap has a chance – to be somewhat competitive. I think yeah. I think their first two games will go a long way in determining how their season goes. Loray lost One of those a games. lot. I think And Loray's a team that they beat last year when mm-hmm. Loray hadn't lost a lot. So yep. that's a that's a game you'd have to think Riverheads or excuse me, <laughs> Buffalo Gap has a lot of uh, confidence going into. I would agree. I think if they win both of those first two games, Buffalo Gap has a reasonable expectation of seeing Riverheads in a region championship. I agree. I think if I, I think if they split those two games, then the rest of the season becomes super important for Buffalo Gap. 
And uh, I, James Rivers got, is the one that I think is must win. I know, the last time they played was in 2010, but James Rivers hasn't been very good recently. So that needs to be a win for them. Uh, you look at Loray. Obviously, we mentioned they beat him last year in overtime at home. Now they're playing Loray again at home. But Loray, what Loray is missing, I think, is more critical to Loray's success than what Buffalo Gap is missing from last year. I think Buffalo Gap will be able to plug and play a little bit better than Loray, maybe. East Rock is the other team on this schedule that I have circled because we saw an East Rock team that last year was just not very good. And it kind of took everybody by surprise. Mm -hmm. I am curious to see if East Rock rebounds this year. And if they do, then that game's a big question mark. But if they start out the beginning of the year like they did last year in the spring, then that's a winnable game for Buffalo Gap that you have to have. And when you get in the district, I think this is a team that could very easily uh, be, you know, in that third, fourth kind of spot. And, and last year they weren't in that third spot because Wilson beat them. And so mm-hmm. that becomes that's one of my game. major games that I circle on the district schedule for Buffalo Gap. Uh, and that's not until their second to last game of the season. So, you know, that's late in the season to have one of your <laughs> circle games. But I think no matter what, when we get to that time, that'll, that'll probably be the biggest game of the week uh, based on what Wilson was able to do last year. We'll talk more about them coming up, but you know, I think they're going to have, you know, if they want to be the third best team in the district, they're going to have to knock off Wilson or knock off a Seward Strafter or Riverhead. So let's start with the, with the one that's most likely. And so right there, that is, I think Buffalo Gap can midway through the season when we get through week, you know, five, six, we could be saying a lot of positive things about Buffalo Gap, looking at that front end schedule, looking at what those teams did last year, James River, Luray, East Rock, Bath County, and Waynesboro. That's not you know, the hardest order in a first half of a schedule when LeRae is probably the hardest team you're going to face. East Rock has a new coach. Yeah, it's an in-house coach, so I give them a good opportunity to be a, a rebounding very well there at East Rock, but we'll have to see it early in the season to know that. Um, I, you know, Hildebrand, I think, is going to get the ball a lot. He, he got the uh, – there's the Hildebrand brothers, but Bryce, I think, as a senior, will get the football a whole lot. Buffalo Gap runs that offense where, you know, last year particularly – Anybody can get that snap. You know, they, they're moving guys behind center. They're lining up, shifted this way. They have a guy running through on a jet. Anybody can kind of get the ball to start off a play. And, and I, I want to see, you know, early success out of that offense to make me feel good about them getting into the playoffs and, and beating these teams. Because I think that offense can throw you off. I think when you go face a Sussex Central or Alta Vista or William Campbell in the playoffs, these teams that Riverheads had experience with in class reach one B. I think that offense can throw a team off. I just want to see Buffalo gap run that successfully early in the season to, to know that it's going to be where it needs to be come November for them to be successful in the playoff with that offense. And, and I think they'll have an opportunity to do that with this schedule. If they're not scoring points early in the season, I, I'm more worried about that projection, but uh, I think either way, I think they have a lot to do, a lot, a lot to prove with fill-in holes, but I just want to see that offense score in points. I'm not saying 50 points every game, but you need to be scoring in the 30s, I think, to make me feel good about Buffalo Gap's offense because that's what you're trying to do with that offense. You're trying to have people on their heels, and so you should be putting points up. Yeah, I, and I, I expect Coach Weigand uh, and Buffalo Gap's fans to be looking at 7-3 and three as a very, very doable record with this schedule. And potentially eight and two if if everything goes mm-hmm. well. 
eight and two is a great year. Yeah, it's a great year. I, I think my number on this game, uh, we've done this a lot in the years past where I put, you know, the within one game, seven, three is exactly where I put it. And so, yeah, eight and two would be absolutely spectacular for this, for this team. And that's just credit to Stewart's draft and Riverheads with those two losses. Yep. Um, all right. Moving on to Stewart's draft, the only class two team that we have back and, you know, they've had a lot of success lately. They've been to back-to-back state championship games coming up short against Appomattox in both those games, but really fighting them hard in both those games. You and I were at the game two years ago. Last spring, we weren't able to be at the Stewart's draft game, but uh, they were right in it. They were right in it to the end, and all the credit to them. Um, I, I look at this team as the same way I did a year ago. When we sat here, I guess last spring, so it wasn't a full year ago, but before the last season they played, you know, how can Stewart's draft – lose this guy and this guy and still get back there. How, how can they do that? They're missing this guy on defense who is so good. They find ways. They have players. They're reloading, you know, like, like Riverheads, like Buffalo Gap we already gave credit to. Stewart's draft Stewart's probably the, the next best after Riverheads at filling holes and, and proving because um, they've been one of the most consistent teams over the last 10 years. I know they had a little dip down, um, but, you know, they've been very consistent with multiple state playoff experience with coach Floyd. So I, I, I don't want to discount them. I, I still have them as the second best team in the, in the district because they're going to find a way to reload these players. I think Aaron nice is, is very good on both sides of the ball and he's going to lead them to some victories. I just, I don't see full season dominance out of this team, but I'm not ruling it out either. Yes, I would agree. Um, I think, and I and my in dominance terms of is dominance, just blowing everybody out. Yeah, I was they can say, win all the games, but I just don't see the blowouts every week. I would say, in terms of that, I would say the only teams that maybe give them trouble are a potentially a Buffalo Gap if everything is clicking, Wilson Memorial if everything is clicking, and then you look at yep. the Riverheads games, and you know that's when you and worry that's two about. of them, and that's two. Riverheads yeah, you do games, have Riverheads yeah. twice, which is a bit of a worry. Um, you know, kind of like I said for Buffalo Gap, James River doesn't worry me if I'm Stewart's draft. I I don't think LaRay worries me at all if I'm Stewart's draft. I just think yeah, I, I just think, think Stewart's draft is they're yeah. better than that. So I think when you have Aaron Nice and the other or Aaron Nice and um, you know quarterback play, what does that look like this year for Stewart's draft? Is it consistent? They were doing, they were doing that crazy stuff where anybody can take a snap. They wouldn't uh, just leave the quarterback and, uh, and I don't have his name written down in Vance. front of me, but they. Yeah, I, I hope yeah. I hope that yeah. we see Vance more because I think that I makes too. Stewart's draft a complete, you know, a complete weapon on the offensive side versus, hey, we're a run team and we're just going to try to run better than you. Because I thought in their playoff games where they struggled, that was when they struggled, was when they just ran, ran, ran. Strasburg was winning that game until right before the half because Stewart's draft did not put the quarterback in. And when they put the quarterback in, all of a sudden things started to open up a little bit because defenses had to respect that because Vance does have a good arm. So I think if Vance can get in games, I think Stewart's draft becomes a much more dangerous team. I think that does cause them to blow out their opponents. Uh, and they, they opened the game with Pocosin with the quarterback in there and it, and they, they kind of took care of that game quickly. Yeah. So I think, I think when you look at Wilson, that's another team that maybe, but I, I, I just think Stewart's draft is still a, a lot better than Wilson. I'm not saying that Wilson's bad, but I, I just I think Stuart Strath's going to have more talent there, despite losing a Fomby and a Fitzgerald and a Cash and a Watkins. I still think defensively they're going to be good enough to hold opponents off the board, 
And I think offensively they have too much weaponry with a with a nice and a Bowser. And then if you work in Vance, we get to see maybe a nice wide receiver step up. I think that makes Stewart's draft too difficult for most of these teams to handle. Teams yeah. in this area are used to playing one phase of football and trying to stop one thing, and that's the run. When you mix in a quarterback that can throw the ball, that's what separates some of these other teams. It's what Stewart's draft has had in the past. Uh, it's what Stanton had a couple years it's ago. It's what Stanton had when they made their run. I just think if Stewart's draft is able to build on that and make it better with Vance this year, I think that could really help them separate. I also think that depends on – that also determines how far they go in Class 2 because Class 2 is, you know, a lot of teams left. Um, Buffalo Gap left. And you look at that region, 2B, and it just kind of – You're looking at – I mean, they're talking about Page County winning the winning the bull run. That's who yeah, WHSB so, has winning it. And, and I'm sorry, and that, and this is, a, this is a guy that's played for Riverheads and followed Riverheads for 26 years <laughs> and more than that. And Page County has always been terrible. You know, it's a team that Riverheads never lost to. It's hard for me to believe Page County is a team that's going to win that district. So if they are – then I'm just not that scared for Stewart's draft in this in this spot. Stewart's draft knows how to go up there and win at Page, and yeah, definitely knows how to host. Yeah, because Strasburg them. is losing some players. Clark lost some people, and again, it comes down to East Rock, right? Like, what does East Rock bring back? What are they able to? Are they able to fix it and have one down year like they did when the school first opened? They had one bad year and then they were on a tear, or is this you know a down period for East Rock? If it's a down period for East Rock, that's great news for Stewart's draft. If it's not, it could potentially be a problem. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I think if we're still talking about class two, I think East Rock is that huge question mark. But I guess the rest of the bull run just doesn't scare me as – I don't know if they ever scare me, but I just don't, I don't think as a well, – TA's pick to win the Valley, and the I don't run. know if I like that pick either. So I yeah. – eh, would I be stunned I mean, if Paige did not win the bull run district and somebody was better than them? No. Yeah. I mean, if Stralsburg Strahls, would be the next – Stralsburg and Clark, the two teams you named next – are the two other teams that I bring up quickly in, in, in Region 2B. I, just like we talk about Riverheads not playing for undefeated seasons, not playing for district title, I, I think Stewart's draft at that point too. When you go to back-to-back state title games, you're, you're looking to get back to that state title game, and you're trying to get over that hump. You're not trying to necessarily Sneak worry into the playoffs, about, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what is it going to take to make the playoffs, or what, what's it going to take to win Region 2B? You're looking past that because it should take care of itself, and I think this team – I named a lot of players that are gone. Oh, the, t- the guys they have back can get them there. I really do think they can. And I think this is where we see another defensive stud step up and, and show us what they got. Um, so it's, it's all to be said on the schedule there. Um, again, I think their season, I mean, they start out with William Monroe and Waynesboro and then a bye week. Um, so they, they're going to be looking good early. And then there's one of those matchups with Riverheads. Um, but yeah, I think the first half of their schedule, they they should only be seeing maybe one loss, and and maybe not any. You know, maybe they beat Riverheads. You know, maybe they have the the recipe to go this year. It's not like the gap was that big last year uh, between those two teams. So, yeah. All right, Fort Defiance is the first team we'll talk about in Class Three uh, in Region C. This is a team that had a couple years straight there where they were on the brink of the playoffs, just missing out. A really good rebound. Uh, from being, you know, a zero win team for some years there. Coach Dan Rolf with his positivity, with his, you know, his way of, of, of approaching this team, finally got it moving in the right direction. It was great to see. 
but last year was a dip off from that. Uh, only one in five last year didn't get that any and one game there. Um, and they and they lost to Buffalo Gap in that closer, which I thought, you know, for a team that I thought was kind of upticking towards the end of the year, I, I thought they might battle a little better in that game. And, and Buffalo Gap pretty much just took care of them in that game. I think this is a hard schedule for them to look for too much advancement here, but it's, it reminds me of the schedule that they had those years. They were going five and five. So I, I just kind of look at this team and is, are they going to be in or are they going to be out? And, uh, and that's kind of what I'm hoping for this team. Cause I think if it's anything different than that, that, you know, close to 500, maybe one game over 500, maybe being in the playoffs, I'm scared of what the alternative to that is because, uh, because that's probably closer to that one and five record and what that translates to a 10 win season. Yeah. I think five and five would be great for yeah. Fort defiance this year. I just, I don't, I look at this schedule week one. If you're going to get there, week one's got to be a win. Yep. Waynesboro has to be a win. Broadway has to be a win. Buffalo gap has to be a win. Stanton has to be a win. I think those are the five that you have to win because outside of that, yeah. it gets hard. Liberty Bedford's going to be tough. Rockbridge tough. Wilson's improving. That's going to be tough. Riverheads and draft. I mean, no disrespect to Fort Defiance and Coach Rolf and the kids there, there, but no way. So yeah. it it's it's just hard. Uh, their schedule is going to be hard for them. Yeah, yeah, and, and then expect us to think you're going to win those. The, the Buffalo Gap disappointing loss, and then and then and Wilson. Um, disappoint you know uh, somewhat disappointing loss but Wilson took care of that game that's kind of when we woke up on on Wilson last year was like hey they really took care of Fort um so yeah I I agree with you and if you're going to tell me hey here's the five games Fort Defiance has to win to win be a five and five team and you started with TA I I already start to question their ability to do that I I will say I was not impressed with TA on what I saw from them in a scrimmage that means nothing it's a scrimmage I think TA is at a different point in their program right now, and, and they're and they're building back and, and the success they had last year. That was a five a five and O team last year when they went into the last week of the season and lost and just missed the playoffs. That's a much different spring season than what Fort Defiance had, and I know what TA is bringing back. And really, for Fort Defiance, I I'm unsure they they have a um, they have some pieces, some some playmaking guys, and they have that Riley Miller kid. That's that's one guy I always come back to. But I just am not seeing the list of guys that we've said for Stewart's draft or Riverheads or even Buffalo Gap like I like we need to for Port Defiance. So I think we're going to have to learn about a lot of guys this year. Now, can this year be the step in the right direction where next year we're really like Fort should be in the playoffs? I, I think that's possible. I think they can be four and six this year, maybe five and five. And that really give us hope for the future for them, because I think it's going to be done on the backs of some young players if they're able to do that this year. Yeah, I mean, in yeah, I just the offense. The offense is what I look. It comes down to offense. Game. Yeah, their their offense has been anemic the last few years, so they got to be able to put up points. Defense Worse last year, year was the, not as good part. as it had been. So yeah, it's it's a concerning combination there for Fort Defiance, and like you said, they're just not returning a lot. And yeah, when I say TA's got to be a win, I mean it's because to me, if Oof. it's not TA, then you're looking at Rockbridge, and I think you know. Similarly to Riverheads and Stewart's draft, there's just no way. Yeah. I, I mean, the quarterback play at Rockbridge is traditionally good. I, I don't think Rockbridge I, – I don't think Rockbridge wins the district this year. I know they lost Valley a lot. But... On what I'm saying. Now, they did lose a lot. They still have speed. Um, yep. But I heard a lot of positives 
from Buffalo Gap fans after their scrimmage with Rockbridge. So it just makes me worried on how overall Rockbridge is looking. They, they can prove that wrong quickly this season. Again, at the scrimmage, you only put so much value on that. But I asked some some questions, making sure that Rockbridge was playing their guys. And I was like, well, there should have been a lot of speed out there against Buffalo Gap in that Rockbridge scrimmage. And, and they're like, oh, yeah, they were fast and this and that. But they just couldn't put stuff together. They couldn't get drives going. And, and there was a lot of plays going backwards instead of forwards. It's August. Maybe they clean that up and they're a good team. But I, I just, right at this point, I'm not betting on that team to win the Valley District. So, but again, those <laughs> TA, Rockbridge, both on Fort Defiance's schedule, they played for the Valley District Championship last season with undefeated marks when they mat, met. So I just, I'm worried about Fort Defiance in comparison to those teams. But I do think Dan Roth does a good job there. He gets guys out. He gets guys to come out and play for them even with those years where they didn't have numbers or uh, they without wins, they had numbers. They had kids committing to play, putting in hard work, trying, getting them out there. And so that's why I think if, if one of these teams that we don't have a lot of faith in can kind of maybe surprise us by a game or two, maybe it's Fort Defiance. Cause I, I probably put their win loss. I was probably battling between a three and a four. And so saying they'd be within one game of that. I, you know, if they, if, if one team was going to surprise me, that's kind of below that 500 mark, I put it on, on coach Rolf cause he took this team from zero wins, not that long ago and, and got them to, to close to playoffs. So I just, I got to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt that he's doing something right there that, that he can get some young kids out there that can make this happen for him this year. And if it's not this year that they really show a lot of great success, maybe we see the beginnings of something. All right, Stanton Storm. They were uh, two and five last year. They they won uh, early in the season against um, who was that? The first game. <laughs> Why am I blanking on that one? Um, but they finished off the season. Oh, they won against East Rock to start yeah. the season, and then they finished the season with a win against Waynesboro in that plus one game. Uh, but a lot of losses in between and a lot of blowout losses. Their offense was absolutely the problem last year for coach Jacob Phillips. He's going to be in his third season with only a three and 13 mark there. Um, he's kind of, he came from rock from James river uh, where they had done some winning. They had had some playoff appearances, um, but he has not been able to find the magic there in Stanton, but you're looking at your third year here. You're kind of wanting to see those changes, his program. It's, you know, a lot of guys that have only played with him are going to start having the ball in their hands quite a bit here and doing all the blocking. And so I want to see, I want to see a lot of improvement out of this team this year. Yeah. When you look at their schedule, you know, obviously the, the first game that leaps out to you is one you got to have is Covington week two. Wilson's going to be tough. I, I don't think Stanton has improved that much to be able to beat Wilson Memorial. So I just don't see that going their way. What they need is to not lose to Wilson Memorial two weeks in a row. So I think you got to beat Covington. We talked about Page County as the favorite to win the bull run. So if if that's as advertised, probably don't win that one. Waynesboro is another big game for them. And, and honestly, I just after that game, it, it starts to get hard to see another win on this schedule. I think I, I start to circle that Fort game. And, and maybe yeah. I don't circle it for Fort as much as I do, but for Stanton, I do. I, you yeah. know, I, I, I probably assume a win for Fort and probably don't have that as that critical game. But for Stanton, I think that Fort Defines is a critical game, especially at that point in the season. You're already going to have the answers to a lot of those early season questions against Covington. Um, 
I don't think they're beating Paige against Waynesboro. Like, can they get that <laughs> third win, maybe fourth, third win uh, there against Fort Defiance? Because you're, you're not going to get it in the back half of the season against Stewart Straff, Buffalo Gap, and Riverheads. No. And, and again, you know, Harrisonburg's the other team we haven't mentioned on that schedule. No. So, I, I know, I know Harrisonburg happen, hasn't been good recently, but still a lot yeah, more speed, the playoffs a, lot, years. a lot better than Stanton has been. So I, I just don't see that. You mentioned the offense. I mean, the offense didn't score 10 points a game last year. So that has yeah. to improve, and it has to improve a lot. The defense gave both. up a ton, but the defense is on the field the entire game. So it's hard to tell how much of that is the defense not yeah, but- – accomplishing what they need to accomplish and how much of that is eventually when your defense is on the field the entire game like you're just going to get tired but in comparison there you know we talked about fort defiance hey their offense needs to get better well their defense was only giving up 27 a game here's stanton their offense needs to get better they only scored six points a game but their defense was giving up 40 so like yeah more more of the sake in comparison to those two teams we just circled one of these games for the stanton storm playing fort defiance you compare directly with those two teams they need to work both sides a heck of a lot better. And I, and I think the difference between 27 and 40 is more than just their defense being on, on the field the whole time. So they just need to be tougher. And, and that's what surprises me with this team when I have seen them the last two seasons that I, I just haven't seen that hard-nosed mentality that we saw from a lot of Stanton teams that made a lot of playoffs through the Tibbs years. Um, and uh, they're still pretty tough with Jeromo. I mean, they, they were, I think – high flying a bit more, but they, they still had that toughness. They'd show some guys around. I just haven't seen that out of these, te- these teams, these last couple of years. And that surprises me that we haven't seen that because Jacob Phillips came up playing in high school at Bath County in a hard nosed team. And, and I mean, he played at the next level, William and Mary, where everybody's hitting hard. And it, you know, there's, there's that mentality across the board. So I just, I want to see more of Jacob Phillips shown from this team and and I, they're going to have to for them to win you know three or four games this year and and start turning this thing back in the right direction because two years ago was a bad season this year uh you know two wins i mean they're one win season and now two win season they need to improve they need to have a three or four win season this year looking at their schedule i don't think it just jumps off where it's obvious that they'll have that so i they're going to have to prove it and and they're missing some pieces, but there's a lot that they can build off of. I really like that uh, Peyton Dunn kid that was a second-team all-district linebacker last year as a freshman. That's a guy that you're building that defense around. You know, I said their defense wasn't good. Here was a highlight of their defense. People need to have that mentality. That player was going out and hitting guys, and that guy stood out to the rest of the, the district opponents and, and their coaches. You need to have more players like that and him leading the way. And, and then also see what you're going to get out of, you know, players like Ryan Bozerman and Jaquante Scott and, and Caden Jackson, you know, <laughs> just the same as we need that pressure on defense. You're going to have to get some explosive plays on offense or at least start wearing teams down on the offense. I've never, I, I'm not used to seeing that out of Stanton where it's just, you know, the four yards in a cloud of dust, but you're going to have to get something moving in the right direction for this team to start winning some more games. Yeah. I, I just, it's going to be hard. I think playoffs is not a realistic asking, goal for Stanton. Asking too much. I agree. I agree. And, and everybody go prove me wrong. Anybody I say that I get preview for, that I say you can't make the playoffs or you can't win more than three or four games, prove me wrong. We, we want as many of these teams in the playoffs as possible. We want to talk about, we want to talk about as many teams play in in December as possible, uh, especially those other weeks in November. But 
yeah, I think this, you just try to get that third and fourth win. I, I, I think 500 is probably your realistic goal that you put out there to at least get close to, uh, you know, <laughs> is, is one way to say that. Um, but you know, I, I think, yeah, that three win mark is probably what I would give them and hopefully they can achieve that. Yep. All right. Let's look at Wilson Memorial green Hornets and out of all these class three T C teams, I kind of give them the best shot at, at sniffing at some playoffs. The reason I think that is because last year they were four and two at the end of the season. And then they, they played a tough game there against William Campbell uh, in their plus one game. But I, I commend them for getting that game lined up and, and having that extra week of practice and seeing a tough opponent. Uh, so Drew Budgen there doing a good job. He's going to be in his second season. So he, he improved Wilson greatly in his first year and, and in an odd year, odd year for everybody, but especially for a first year coach, just getting your team on the field in the spring. Uh, he's only coached them for the seven games there that he's had. I, I commend him for, for what he was able to do. Um, they, they lose Caden Welcher. He was first team all district quarterback. I think second week of the season, I called that. I, I saw them with Riverheads that second game of the spring. And I said that Wilson is better and that Welcher kids leading them to be better. Now I didn't pick them correctly the rest of the season, but that Welcher kid deserved it. And uh, they're going to miss that piece. So I think that quarterback position based on the success that they had last year with Welcher running the show, I think that's an important piece is Wilson, some high flying offense, where they're going to be throwing the ball downfield? No, but I still think that quarterback is the key to their success. His ability to run the ball, his threat to throw the ball, uh, I think is just all the difference in the world for this offense that did average 21 points last year, and that was increased from what they have been doing the years before. Um, so if they can kind of maintain on offense and get someone at quarterback, which I think it's going to be that Podrowski kid uh, probably at quarterback, it sounds like that's what we're hearing out of Fishersville, I think that's going to be the biggest key for Wilson sniffing at the playoffs and seeing what they can do to get there. My problem though for Wilson is that they, they have a tough schedule to do that with, and they're going to have to win some games to be sniffing at the playoffs. And, and there's not, there's their non-district is not a weak non-district. They're, they're going to have some challenges. And so I, I'm interested to see what they're able to do this year. Yeah. The, the plus one was William bird, not William Campbell. I, um, uh, excuse me. That was a slip of the tongue. Yep. yep. William bird. Yep. But, um, yeah, I think you're right with the schedule, right? You look at it and, okay, Stanton's got to be a win. We know that. Well, and they don't play that game until the end of the season now. So That's uh, true. said that wrong. Uh, that's true. We've got to move that back. Okay. So, Monticello, your first game. My notes were not updated in the last hour. <laughs> yeah. So, Monticello, got to win that. I think yeah. Rockbridge, you got to win. Yeah. Waynesboro, you got to win. Okay. It would be nice to have a win against Spotswood. I think that's pretty tough. I think I think Spotswood was a touchdown last year. Yep. I hear good things out of them. That's the kind of that's the kind of team that people are talking about. TA went in the valley. Rockbridge won it last year. Spotswood's that team I bring up first. Is yep. what about Spotswood? Yeah, I agree. Spotswood's a team I look at. Western Albemarle is going to be tough. Very that, tough. That is a game that. Ugh. I mean, we talk about Riverheads and Draft being the toughest game for a lot of teams. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the toughest game for Wilson. I think Western Albemarle is going to be the toughest game for Wilson. But Western Albemarle is really good. Very good class three program for these last years. And now they're a class four program that doesn't immediately just, just changing the number beside their name doesn't immediately make them that much better, but they're a great class three team. I yep. mean, they're a deep playoff class three team, just like Lord bought 
and and they haven't made it to that final game like Lord Bottop, but they're kind of that next half step behind them. So that is a very tough game for Wilson. You just hope you've racked up some wins before that game. So whatever happens, like I said, you're you're building from it. Monticello, Brockbridge, Waynesboro, got to have them. Got to have those three. Be nice to have Spotswood. That if you're would three get you and one four. going to that Western game, I, I don't think your season falls apart. Yeah, <laughs> because but then of that you, Western game. but then Fort, yeah. you win. You, I just don't see a scenario where they beat Riverheads or Draft. You beat you Buffalo Gap and you beat Stanton. Out. You got to close out with two wins then. Yeah, yeah. Other than the Stanton game, uh, what's showing on our schedule? But that that Riverheads Draft Gap, that's that's the toughest stretch fully of their schedule. Three game stretch of their season, and uh, two of those are monumental. The Buffalo Gap one, it's the circle game. You know, do you want to be the third best team in the district? You got to win that game. Do you want to make the playoffs? You're going to have to, you're probably going to have to have Oh, you have to win that game. Um, Especially if you didn't beat Spotswood. So, uh, you know, that's, you know, the playoffs are not going to be as hard to get in this year as they were last year. Last year, they only took four teams. You had, you know, Brookville, LCA, Heritage sitting there. Uh, uh, Rockbridge was the other one. You're playing Rockbridge. The, you know, that, those are the teams you're competing against to get playoff spots in the top four. It's going to be easier because there's there's next four that you're, you know, Rustburg and other Valley District teams that you'll be battling for. But you got to find a way to make it happen. It's all the PowerPoints. You, there's no guarantee, you know, you're going to be the Shenandoah District representative in the Class 3C. Play. That's not how it works in football. That's not like in basketball and baseball where you, you're going to – all you have to do is beat four. You're going to have to earn it here with PowerPoints. You have the schedule here that can do it for you. If you win games, you're going to be in. And uh, I think they can. That's the thing. I, I, I think I sound pessimistic for the last five minutes. I think they can do this. I think they can be that third best team in the district. And I am, as much as we say Riverheads and draft, I, let's see what draft's doing then. I, Riverheads is the one I'll still leave out of the list, but let's see what draft's doing then. Because I think Wilson is a very good team that is improving. I love what I saw out of them last year. So I just, I, I'd be very interested come October 22nd, what I'm saying about those two teams. Cause I am not as locked in on that right now as, as I could be. Cause I, and that's me being good about Wilson. That's not me trying to bring draft down. That's just me saying, Hey, Wilson's improving. And if they were proven, improve at the rate that they did last year, that game comes into play. Yeah. I just don't know if they've improved 35 points worth. So that's why I'm hesitant to say that Stewart Draft game is a playable sure. game for them. Uh, I okay. think for for them, it comes down to beating everybody else in the district, and then you got to take you got to beat Monticello at home. That's now the yeah. opener. You, I think you got to beat Rockbridge. I think that's a team. When we talk about power points, that's a team that's going to rack up some power points for you. Monticello should be able to rack up some power points for you. And then you look at uh, Spotswood. That's another potential huge power point game if you get it, mm-hmm. and. I think Spotswood, Spotswood's that game that we think could go either way, circle game, because we're kind of given the Western Outwell game. And then the Buffalo Gap in district game is a circle game just for the for the district's sake. And and you're gonna have if you if you have both of them, then you're you're in the playoffs. If you only have one of them, then then you're you're watching things a little bit. Probably still in, but you're watching things. Yep. All right. So the last one on our list is Waynesboro. And this is a program that has gone through a lot in the last years here. Uh, we've seen them be a winless team. We've seen them come out of nowhere and be in the playoffs and beat the number one C team when they were 
16 teams in each side and, and do the miracle. Uh, and then we've seen them drop back down again. And no one likes it, but it's where they're at. Last or two years ago, they had to forfeit a game because they just they didn't have the players to, to go out there and play. They have a new coach in Brandon Jarvis. It will be in his second season now. Uh, he had that spring season with the kids. Uh, they were one in six because uh, they lost that last game against Stanton. And um, what I liked about this team last year is that they down the stretch, they were battling. And honestly, when they played Stanton in that extra game, we were given way through all the chances in the world to win that game because what they had proven against Broadway when they played Broadway tough and only lost 19 to eight, but then also what they did against TA. TA was a team that was undefeated and played for a district championship and they battled that team were in it in the second half and lost that game by 11. I, I give a team that has looked as down as Waynesboro had and even started the season last year in the spring to, to do that at the end season gave me a lot of hope. And so I'm optimistic about what they can do this year. Does their schedule open up with a way that I think they're going to be uh, raining bells in Waynesboro early in the season? I don't see that when they open up against Riverheads and then Stewart's draft. But then you got to start finding your victories. you got to look at Fort Defiance as a winnable game. you got to look at Stanton as a winnable game uh, because those are the areas you're looking for wins from. Because past that, you're probably only looking back at Broadway again. And so that two-win season – that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to take the downs of Riverheads and Stewart's Draft and bounce back. You're going to have to take the downs of the Valley District of Rockbridge spots with TA, who we just mentioned other teams probably look at those games as games they need to find a way to win. For Waynesboro, they're probably not. But that Broadway game at the end of the season, it seems like they're always playing Broadway in the last week of the season. You know, you want to still be in contention and still have your mindset to try to, to find a win there in that game and, and add to your win total and, and make this a multi-win season instead of just a one-win season. Yeah, I mean, I bet we said, you know, they were in this Turner-Ashby game last year. Yeah. It's not like Waynesboro's had a, you know, a big loss on their roster. They're returning most of those kids, I believe, so... I think Coach that Barber Jarvis, kid is who I look at yeah. being important. I mean, he's yeah. going to get the ball in his hands. He's going to he's going to have to be a leader. If their defense can play good, hold TA down a little bit, let their offense because that was the key right down the stretch. Their defense kept him in the games, and then just one or two bounces, the ball didn't go their way. Uh, I think the Harrisonburg game they were right in. That yeah, was Harrisonburg one. was they, a was a game they, the last play. They were right there and almost won. So, you know, you even look at that Broadway game, and that wasn't. No. you know, blown out of the stadium bad. So I just think Broadway might come back down towards them a little oh, bit sure. out of that list of teams. I don't think TA necessarily drops off a whole lot from last year. Yeah, I don't um, love TA as much as everybody else. So in case that I, hasn't I been perfectly clear during this episode, I don't love TA as much as everybody else. I might be wrong about that. It would not be the first time I'm wrong. But I, <laughs> I don't. I didn't see anything. I know they were undefeated going into last year, but I felt like last year TA's schedule was not very reflective of a strong schedule. Well, they played so, East, they, they played East Rock twice last year. TA they they benefited okay. From East so they Rock played the, the worst East Rock team maybe in the history of the school, and they beat them twice. Okay, yes. So yeah. I I don't see TA as like this monster team that is going to win the Valley District and is impossible for Waynesboro to beat after they were in an 11-point game with them last year. I think if Waynesboro plays their best football, Coach Jarvis keeps improving because I think that's the key, right? They Coach Jarvis had that Waynesboro team better last year in the spring than they had been before in the fall. 
So I think and if even, he can keep building every that. Every week it seemed like they were getting better. Yeah. yeah, if those kids keep buying into Coach Jarvis's system, keep improving every week. Yes, you're right. Riverhead, Stewart's draft. You know what? If you're looking to improve every week, go ahead and get those games out of the way first, right? Because those <laughs> are going to be the worst yeah. games of the year. So go ahead and get those out of the way first. Then you got Fort. That's a winnable game, I think, if you're Waynesboro. You got Wilson's going to be tough, but you got Stanton after that. And I think that's an important game for them. They lost that sprint. They lost the plus one, which kind of surprised you and I. We said that. But I think they need to rebound and win that game. I think you look at Buffalo Gap, might be a big ask there. But you have a bye week before Rockbridge will be tough. Spotswood yeah. will be tough. But TA and Broadway, I look at those last two games. You get one of those. I think Waynesboro's could potentially have two wins, maybe three if everything falls into place. Yeah, I put their win at two. I put I, It's the mark I give them, and I would love for them to beat that. And, and anything positive out of Waynesboro football, I'm rooting for it. Uh, maybe other than that first game of the season, but <laughs> it doesn't, I don't think we need to uh, worry about that quite as much. Um, what I don't like, I think I might also like. For a, I just don't, I like Waynesboro coming in the Shenandoah district. I just don't like that they get all their district games and then they close up the season with four Valley district teams. It's like, are they really in the Shenandoah? Like that's, that seems so odd from how schedules are usually put together. But in that same breath, if you're a team that's competing in class three C closing your season out with four three C opponents is not a terrible thing. So I, you know, it's not what I'm used to seeing out of our district, out of the Shenandoah district and how these schedules are formed, but it's interesting for Waynesboro. I'd love the factor of them being in 3C and some kind of conversation like that being more of a factor for this team. It's just not for this program right now. They're just not there yet. But I, I, I think it's a good measuring stick to go through this year. Hey, here's class 3C right here. Here's four weeks of class 3C. Let's see how we stack up as we go, as we go forward. And we're, we're going to know a lot about Waynesboro headed into the next season after we see that. Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, I think – if we're grouping these teams, right, because we did that during the spring season, if we're grouping these teams. Yep, let's do it. Riverhead's one. And take I a think they're by themselves. Yep. I think they're by take themselves. a step down. Then I think it's draft. I guess you would have Wilson and Gap in that same conversation. I say Stewart's draft is the strongest of that. I, I'm not denying that they're See, not. See, I would have them still a separate level. That. Okay. But, okay, I, but I'm, I guessing, I'm asking you Wilson yours. I'm just saying what mine is. I, I, because I, <laughs> I'm optimistic and I want these teams that haven't, that have been held back. I want them to find a way up. And, and I, you know, even with Wilson, I, I, I really liked what I saw last spring. I want to see if they have that shot. And I kind of alluded to that. So I guess by what I've said, I would put Stewart's draft and Wilson and Gap kind of all in that same area. But I would definitely. I mean, Stewart's draft is my favorite out of that. I'm not rolling Stewart's draft from, from being better than I just am saying here. Like, I, I have more faith in them than those other two teams. I just, if we're going to have different levels, it's hard for me to have two levels, only have one team in it right there. But it might be, it might be reality for the Shenandoah district. Yeah, might, I was going to say, for me, yeah, for me, I have four levels. I have Riverheads, Draft, then I have Wilson and Gap in that third tier, and then I have Fort, Waynesboro, Stanton, all together at that bottom tier. I could see any three of those teams shaking out in any order. I'm not I'm not arguing with that. I guess I'm just trying to make it three levels instead of four. So sure. Um and, and I think I'm deciphering that even within my three levels. 
Stewart Straff's that next of the middle level uh, because I think I have the most faith that they can be better than I'm kind of just immediately saying. And we went through their schedule and I'm looking at eight, eight wins right there. Yeah. Um, you know, that's my number for them. But uh, I just, I'm going to be interested in how I, I really, I think sitting here today on how I think the season will go. I think that late season game between Wilson and Stewart's draft could be a very interesting game. And, and, and maybe I'm wrong about then. Um, and that's just me also trying not to just say Riverheads and, and Stewart's draft is, is the best game because they are of the district. They are the best games and they have been for, for most years, more than not for the last eight years. And uh, we've seen a lot of classic games out of it. And I won't be surprised to see two very good games this year, but I do think I'm more confident in Riverheads being back in a state championship game than I am Stewart's draft. And whether they, if their fans want to hear me say that or not, that's, that's the, that's my truth. Even though we just went through it and I, nothing in two B scares me. And um, they've handled class two, uh, a very well in the state semifinal games. So why not? You know, why not? That's an easy way to make Leland wrong because I, I don't, I can't throw a team out at you. That's going to hold Stewart Straff back from going back to that state championship game. I just don't see him getting being better than riverheads. And so I do drop that down a level. Yeah. And I don't necessarily disagree with Stewart Straff. Maybe having a worse chance than Riverheads of making a state championship, but they still have their chance. I, yeah, I still think they have a chance. And I think that's what separates them from the other classification. I just, I, and I think when I look at their schedule, I just don't see anyone other than Riverheads beating them. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's why when I, when I come up with these, you know, levels, I'm like, okay, do I see a scenario where Riverheads doesn't win the district? No. Do I see a scenario where anyone other than draft finishes second? No, I could see Gap or Wilson finishing third. So that's yep. where that is. Yeah, that and then sense. the other three, I, like I said, that's where the I put the other three and the other, you know, five through seven because I could see those those games going anyway and those teams shaking out anyway. We're not saying anything different, so that's yeah. fine. We're just kind of just trying to say it a different way. Yeah, you you uh, like three I'm, levels, and I'm okay with four. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess, who are you most worried about? Because I haven't answered this. Who are you most worried about on that third level? Mine's Stanton. Yeah. I, I, I'm yep. just, I just haven't seen it out of him, and it surprises me. I thought it was a good hire, uh, and I'm not saying it's a bad hire. I've just, I still when think they it, hired yeah. him, I thought, that's a good hire. I think he fits in the area well. He's, he's from not too far from here. He's had a lot of success in his playing career. He did a good job at James River. I just am surprised for how good that program was when he came in uh, two years removed from a state championship run, uh, a playoff year the next year. And then it was handed off to coach Phillips. I'm just surprised they've, they've had the minimal amount of wins that they've had since that point. Uh, Cause last year, you know, you thought the East rock win was a good sign. It wasn't. And it, and it proved very quickly not to be, and we haven't seen anything else. Hey, the win at the end of the season against Waynesboro, that's a win. You know, you can't discount everything. You can't just say nothing counts. They won in a game that was thrown together in a week. Hey, let's go out here and play this game. And they came out there and won against a team that had been playing pretty good. So I'll give them credit there. I just, that's, that's what I'm most worried about. I think Waynesboro, I, I guess I'm just, you know, I'm hoping for the best. And I think they could, you know, if they win two games, that's, I'm, I'm I think of like, those okay, three teams. So I think the bad. reason you're doing that is Stanton is probably, Probably this 
the middle of expectations of those three teams, right? Right. And so I think that's why you're picking that. And I'm I'm agreeing with you. I think you're right. That's the team I'm worried most about. Because kind of what you've touched on, and I think really, I think theirs is maybe the hardest to fix. Because Fort, Fort and Waynesboro both have have had pretty solid line play. I think for them, it's the skill positions that haven't excelled in the ways you had hoped. For Stanton, Stanton not only has one of the worst defenses out of the three, if not the worst, their offense has been dreadfully bad. And I think that is not because of skill positions. I think that's because of line. And if your line's not good enough to protect your skill position players to develop a play, that's going to be hard to fix. So I only, I only saw Stanton twice last year, uh, and one of the games was against Riverheads, mm-hmm. and then and I watched them on film for another game. I, I just didn't use the time to watch them play other games on film. Uh, I think that's why you're worried the most play, about offensive them. Offensive line, absolutely, you're right. Yeah, I think that's why you're worried the most about them, and it makes sense because I just think um, Coach Phillips has got to figure out how to improve that line. If he does, then, yeah, they could be at the top of that third tier. If he doesn't, they could be at the bottom of that third tier just because I know they beat Waynesboro last year, but I've seen Waynesboro improving, and for Stanton, I felt like most of the year they treaded water, if not got worse. So uh, that would be my worry there. And like you said, I'm not saying Coach Phillips can't turn it around. I'm just saying I need to see it. Yep, we haven't seen it yet. And, uh, I mean, that's a program in this area of these seven teams now in the Shenandoah District. If you look at the last 20 years – Stanton has the second most playoff appearances and they have mm-hmm. a state championship appearance of their own against Appomattox. I mean, they, you could really make the argument that they're second most successful team in this area. Um, I don't know if I'd write that down in stone, but you can make that argument. And uh, so it's just surprising that we're kind of talking about them on the opposite level now uh, of what they're doing. So hopefully all these teams can, can find success. I guess, I guess we're really rooting for non-district success because <laughs> or if we're rooting yeah, for somebody's got to, <laughs> somebody's going to have to lose. Yeah, somebody some has games. to lose these games, yeah. But, uh, you know, so we're, we're cheering for Stanton to beat Covington and Page and, and Rockbridge and, and Harrisonburg, and good luck. Um, but it's going to be a fun year. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and just to, to sandwich this conversation, I just hope COVID can stay out of our way best it can. It will not stay completely out of our way. I'm just hope, I hope everything we just said and, and the order of games and all this, it can be pretty close to what we've talked about because um, – I just want the kids to play. You know, it's it's nice to – can Stuart Straff get back to the state championship game? Can they get over that hump? Can Wilson, you know, shuffle some stuff up in the Shenandoah District? Can Riverheads just, you know, put number six on the in a row on the board? Pat, ahead of all that, I just want these kids to be able to go play. You can't get this time back. This isn't college where they're awarding additional years of eligibility. You know, this isn't, you know, past, past high school where you, you have that kind of stuff you're going to graduate and you're going to be gone. And if you lose time for a season because of canceled games or suspension of play, it's gone. And so I'm just really hoping against that. And I know everybody else is too, uh, you know, we're not individual in that. Everybody wants these kids to play and uh, particularly the VHSL and <laughs> uh, the money-making that is the VHSL. Uh, hopefully we can get through this. Hopefully we have this to talk about every single week. Hopefully we're not doing office bracket pools in November. We're doing, VHSL playoff uh, breakdown. So let's all root for that. Yep. All right. 
getting out of football. Let's talk about volleyball. They are also getting started right now. I think the teams you talk about that's quickest when we talk about volleyball, now all our local teams in the same shade into a district, Riverheads, Fort Defiance. They had some, some solid matchups last year with each other. Fort Defiance did get out of um, or, or did get to the Region 3C, but because Region 3C only took one team, they got to that final but then fell, and so they didn't get to advance like every other year. Riverheads, for the third year in a row, they got to the state championship game for class one. So those are kind of the two teams that have been doing the most winning from our area. And, and looking at the lineups, I don't see what would be different this year. Yeah. I mean, that class oh, one is, yeah, one B is kind of just, you know, you never it's count anybody out of it. So, and I think you're right. Riverheads has been to three straight state championships. I would not rule them out of going back to four and hopefully this year they can put it all together and win one. Yeah, and they have new coach Amy Moore. She's the mom of, uh, of I guess that's Dayton Moore, who had the 2,000 assists last year. She'll be able to add to that career mark. Uh, her mom will be coaching. She's uh, um, She went to Fort Defiance and was a star there and went to Bridgewater to play after that. She knows the game. She's been around this team a lot. I believe she's coached some travel teams, from what I understand. So she's going to have – She's going to have them doing what they need to do. It's, you know, they're going to be on the similar par mark. It's a great program they've been running. They have the Tomlinson girl back, the Argenbright girl back. Um, so it's it's going to be, can they reload? Can they do that? Can they get over the hump? We talk about Stewart's draft in football. That's what it is for Riverheads in volleyball. Can they get to that game and get over that hump against, you know, they played some tough competitions last year being Auburn. Uh, before that, Patrick Henry, uh, you know, they've had some tough matchups there in that in that championship game. But I, that experience is only something to build off for these girls. They know the level of play it takes to win a state championship. They've seen it firsthand. All of them have played their careers at Riverhead, seeing that firsthand. And they, they're going to have to achieve that mark to do it. Yeah, I think you're right. And, um, I, you know, it's it's just going to be interesting, I think, with volleyball because – like you said, we know Riverheads is a state championship team. Then you look at the other classifications, and Stewart's Draft's in class two, but it's hard to get a read on them, and it's hard to get a read on that region right now in volleyball. But yeah. when you look at three, Fort Defiance, that's a tough region. Fort Defiance is obviously – it's a tough region no matter what sport region, we're talking about. what can about. you do? Yeah. It's a tough region no matter what we're talking about, the sport, it seems like. But Fort Defiance, I think, is very obviously the clear favorite from the Shenandoah District teams there. Um and probably the favorite to win the Shenandoah District, period. Because uh, they got that height back. They got yep. Lonnie Goggin back. They got Caroline Stipnolet. They got they got those two girls up front that are going to cause a lot of problems for these other teams. And and they're going to ride those girls into 3C and see what they can get. I think the question, though, is can, can the district get two teams in into volleyball? And that next tier is Possible. Wilson, yeah. Waynesboro, Stanton. Yeah. Kind of like we said with football. I could see any three of those teams finishing in any order. I think they're very evenly matched. I think Waynesboro Waynes, – the interesting part about Waynesboro's volleyball is they come in waves, right? They, they'll have a couple years where they struggle because they're young, but then once that core gets to about junior, senior year, you start to see them put it together. Can, can Waynesboro put it together? That's the question. That's uh, Coach Ashire there? Alshire, yep. Yeah, Alshire, yep. Yeah, I, I – I, I'm interested. You know, it's easy to talk about Riverheads. Well, and for them, this is this is a move where we talked about in football. Maybe won't help. I think this is a this is a sport where maybe it will help. You get out of the Valley District. Those are some really really good volleyball teams 
in that district. I No disrespect to the Shenandoah district, but I think in terms of the stiff competition you face week in, week out, it's not nearly going to be as tough. Yeah, I think you're, you're tough against Riverheads and Fort. Those are tough games. But, yeah, you don't know what Gap is, and you don't know what Stewart's draft is. You don't know if Stanton – what that is. Waynesboro's probably, or Wilson's probably going to be tough. Yeah, for Waynesboro's sake, like, I, I see what you're saying. You're not playing Rockbridge, Broadway, TA, Spotswood, Rockbridge, Rock who all seem really, really good uh, in comparison to the gap and the draft and the Stanton and what we've been saying here. Yeah. So, I, I think that's a good point. So we will be talking about volleyball as the season goes along. Uh, not just because of the Yak Cup that all of you need to be following along us with and make sure you know where the standings are and who's looking good in the Yak Cup, uh, but because volleyball is awesome and uh, we're looking yep. forward to seeing it. And just the same as we said it for football, yeah, hope these girls can be out on the court playing it. And uh, I know I've already seen some scheduling changes for early in the season for some of our local teams, and I'm not sure if it's their team or the team they're playing, but we're going to see. We're, we're going to be talking about COVID. <laughs> On all, all these sports. sports, so hopefully yeah. we can just minimize it. Yep. All right. Not much to talk about in NCAA football because it's week zero, and I think week zero is the way to say how many games I will rush to the TV to turn on to watch this weekend. Uh, the only game that I even keeps my eyes open, and it's solely because of Dan Hansen being my brother-in-law. He's a Nebraska fan. And the sole fact that Nebraska, Illinois is an absolute must win for the Cornhusker program and uh, how much that team means to my brother-in-law. If I turn the TV on, I'll turn that game on, but I'm not going to make an effort to turn the TV on to that game. The rest of the schedule is nothing to watch out. We're just, we're one week away. We still have another week. Uh, game day is down in Atlanta. Uh, they're covered. They're going to be at the MEAC SWAC challenge. Uh, they're going to play at the, old Turner field, which they call center park stadium. Now um, they, they turned the baseball stadium into a full-time football field for Georgia state, but this is going to host um, Alcorn state versus uh, NC central. And it's one of those uh, HBCU games and it gets a lot of attention for that. And that's great. And I love that game days go in there for that. And it's a, it's a good week to do it. They can use week zero to highlight uh, that comp, you know, those schools and, and, and that big game, uh, between those conferences and the MEAC and the SWAC. And then they can also preview what we're looking forward to next week in week one. Yeah. I, the other game I would throw on there that you do have Hawaii UCLA. Um, I'm interested in that game, but <laughs> I think that'll, I'm kind of disappointed. You already put money on that game? No, <laughs> I, I'm disappointed. It's at UCLA and not uh, at Hawaii to be like the late night, uh, you know, you're still awake. Yeah, they needed someone to play at 3.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, so that's the game it got. I think we could have put UConn-Fresno State there, but that's okay. Yeah, there's just not a lot in this schedule no, here. No, there's not. Uh, San Jose State's playing, but they're not playing somebody that will mean anything if they beat them. So, um, and it's hidden on CBS Sports Network, too. Uh, in this area, uh, there's a lot of excitement this week with the ACC Network. Uh, ES, or Comcast apparently mistakenly was showing ACC Network on Comcast uh, a night or two ago, and everybody got excited that it had all been figured out. And some of my friends that have Comcast were texting, and I was like, hey, I, I, you know, I, I kind of watch this kind of stuff. I'm in the middle of these things. I've watched for this, and I hadn't seen anything. So that's amazing that this, this news is breaking, and it's just immediately flipped the switch on. But apparently they were mistakenly showing that. 
but uh, at least you know they're ready to go if, if they get that deal worked out. I know they are actively negotiating right now because there is a lot of smoke around it. Uh, so hopefully that can get resolved. Really be nice if it gets resolved before week one when the ACC network will be putting on uh, some local teams on that channel. So. It would be nice, but... Uh... Someone that's greedy will have to come off being greedy, and that usually doesn't happen. Yeah. All right. I've talked a lot in the A block. Let's go to the D block and see if, if I'll allow you to talk more. All right, guys, we are back for the D block, and I will go ahead and start it by talking about a show that I've been watching on Hulu. It's called Letterkenny. Uh, it's actually super dry comedy, but it's actually, I find it hilarious. I think it's hysterical. Um, I will say there's enough subject matter. They try to like do enough of it over the top to where if there were younger ears in the room, they might not catch on. But I would say there's probably enough that happens in the show, especially the recent season I'm watching, which is, I think, season six. Um, probably best to just yeah. avoid it. Because um, there is some adult subject matter occasionally, but it's, it, it's about this small Canadian town. Um, and it's very... Uh, it centers around this group that they call the Hicks. And so there are farmers in small town Canada. And then there's other groups, you know, the church going people, the, uh, they call them the skids. We would call them Gothic people. Um, hockey players are the jocks, uh, because it's Canada. And it just circles around all these different groups in this town and how they interact with each other and, it's. I think it's hilarious. I would highly recommend it, uh, especially if you're looking for something new that is kind of funny and you don't hate dry humor because there's a lot of dry humor, but it's it's a pretty good show. It interests me. I, I'm liking what you're saying and I'm liking what I'm seeing uh, online as you're talking about it. So I might actually give that a try after I get done with Ted Lasso. I finally found my way into Apple Plus and uh you know legally and wow uh <laughs> somebody's paying for it uh nah, i've started sound to watch legal. ted lasso yeah i've started watching ted lasso and i really like it i i understand the hype uh is it the best thing ever no it, you know you're not going to put it ahead of the office i'm not trying to claim you will but i really enjoy it i think it's hitting at the right time for me I think uh, there's so much positive in the show. And I think you end most every episode with a smile on your face. I'm not saying the characters don't go through some adversity. It's not just, you know, it ain't Sesame Street where everything's happy, happy, happy. Things happen. Um, but I think there's always, they always twist it in a, in a positive way. And that, that energy is brought from the main character, Ted Lasso. Um, and uh, Jason Sukatis plays him. He's from Saturday Night Live. He's been in a lot of movies. And uh, this is a great character. It's just a, it's internal optimist uh, to the max (laughs) makes me look like a a pessimist. Uh, He's just, and he's, he just has a lot of funny ways about him. A lot of funny phrases, his relationship with the assistant coach that he brought with him 
is very interesting. And that's, that's the setup of the show is that he's an American football coach had coached at Wichita state and had some minor success, you know, some success there and just immediately got hired to come coach this soccer team, uh, uh, a pro soccer team in Europe in the premier league. Yeah. And, um, he doesn't know anything about soccer, but he obviously does know how to lead people and, and work a locker room. And, uh, you watch all this. I don't want to spoil any of it because I really hope you watch it, Joe. And I hope all our listeners do too. And, um, you know, not, not everything goes perfectly, but not everything is bad. And as much shows as we talk about where, who do you root for? And, uh, you know, I don't like any of the characters, but I can't stop watching. This is, I just kind of, I, I like most everybody. There's minimal people I don't like. Even the people you're not supposed to like all the time, you still find ways to like them. You still laugh at them. Um, and, and people come full circle. It, it's just, it's just positive and I like it. And I hope you watch it. Uh, it, it hits on a lot of the jokes that you make because uh, you're bringing in an American football coach into coach soccer. So there's just a lot of that, you know, the Leland side of our podcast of not knowing everything about soccer and asking dumb questions. Uh, but then also he caring enough to, to, to move forward with it. And he's not completely lost. And, and at no point do you just look at it that he's just completely terrible um, because you can just see the kind of person he is and the impact he has on people and, and the great way of his approach. So I absolutely recommend this to everybody right now because it's positive in a world with a lot of negative and there's no reason not to escape <laughs> for a half an hour at a time and watch, uh, you know, watch this show. And if you have access, um, take advantage of it because that's, it's, it's a really nice show and I, I really like it right now. And people talking about it on Twitter and on social media for good reason, because it, it is very positive and uh, there's a lot of good, good characters on it. So there it is. So it's helped me understand soccer a touch better. Uh, Cause I didn't understand the champions league was the league down from premier league. No, you you've it's confused you then the championship is the oh. league below the premier so league. The, the champions league is where the top four teams from the Premier League okay. go to play the next season. Yes. But within the season, the championship. Okay, now I got you. Now I got you. That is the words they used. Um, but that I've seen that too, and maybe I didn't know those two different things. Uh, so, yeah, but it, it's it, it's shown me that um, it, watching his lingo of the game of soccer come along, I think, is, is fun to watch. I, I hope you watch it. I think there's jokes. They talk about the relegation. And they're like, well, what do you do in America? And they explain it. You know, it's like, it's going to hit yeah. on some things that you really laugh at. Um, man, there was a quote in an episode a couple ago that I, I just about sent you because I thought just that quote alone would make you watch the show. Um, I'm going to go back and find it because it was really good. But yeah, you, I, I want you to find a way to watch this. I want you to, you know, do the free trial and, and watch the show. You're going to blow through it. I, we, we've not been trying to binge and we've, and we've, already got through one season of it and because uh, it's easy uh it's it's fun to watch you, you'll be happy to watch it so you've only watched the first season yeah i'm into the second season now have you watched any of the second season i've watched through the christmas episode which was maybe the third episode okay then you're ahead of me i also watched it this oh, last weekend you haven't watched it yeah so uh i did finish the first season great um, I agree. It's I, it was a show that everybody had been saying, "Oh, you're gonna love this. You're gonna love this. You're gonna love this." It's so positive. It's so great. And I was like, uh, "I'm honestly, I'm a little worried. It's gonna be a little too positive." Man. But um, it is. I wish good. you would have told me. 
because I slow played it. I, I love this show, man. I slow played it. I didn't want to build it up too yeah, much yeah, to yeah. you because I didn't, I didn't want you to do one of those, oh, well, it's no way it'll be good. I don't want to watch it now. I'm glad you're watching. I really am. Yeah, I, I've only seen season one. I haven't seen any of season two yet. I'm probably going to save my trial until they're done making episodes for season two. And okay. then go. Um, I yeah. was I was with someone who had an Apple TV account, so we ended up no, watching you're it. In. You're in now, so I'm not worried about it. You'll you'll, yeah. you'll be there for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really good. Uh, yeah, it it te- it goes over enough basics with how the soccer structure works and soccer business works. Um, to make sense, but uh, I've never thought about the aspect of them. They own, they pay these players like they're a Premier League team. And then if you get relegated, well, now you're not bringing in as much money and then you'd have to, not only are you relegated, oh, yeah. you're dropping down and you have to find a way to win, but now you have to find a way to win with less money. That's crazy. Like, I, I'd never thought about that. So another another show I will recommend to you to help further drive home that point and the, the serious issue it is for clubs when they are relegated. And I'm, I don't, I haven't seen any of season two, so no spoilers. Um, but I don't know how much they play it up on this show, Ted Lasso, but Sunderland Till I Die is something I know Rob has watched because uh, he recommended it to me and I watched it. Ron? Mm-hmm. Rob Ron. Uh, but that show goes into, and this is a bit of a spoiler, um, but goes into the severe repercussions that happen when you get relegated. Like It is a huge, huge deal to get relegated. And it is important to not be relegated for too long if you want to keep people employed and the economy in a good place where you are. Um, So, yeah, I I thought in Ted Lasso, and I thought there was one line um, in the show that I thought was was great near the end of that first season where Ted Lasso is like, ah, you know, it's not about wins and losses. We say that all the time. And the assistant coach kind of gets angry and says, "Yeah, no, that was fine when the, we were dealing with amateurs, but these are professionals and it does matter. Like, and cause when he kept saying that, I was like, ah, it kind of matters. Like when he said it the first yeah. time in the press conference, I was like, wow, that would not go over well over there. Like it absolutely matters. Um, yeah. and so when he kind of blew up, I was like, okay, good. Um, and I think, I think you're right. It's, it's, he is overly positive and optimistic and there are points where that causes problems in his life which i actually like at first if you just say on the surface like how would that cause a problem there that seems like such a ridiculous thing to be annoyed by but then like when i stop and think about it, i'm like no i would be like somebody that was like that would be really hard to deal with all the time like that would grate on me in such a way that i would probably explode i, I think the inverse of that could be true too Maybe, and maybe that's why there's a certain situation that I'm in. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's a really, really good show, and I yeah. would agree with you that if you haven't seen Ted Lasso, but you have the ability to watch it, you should. There you go. Go vacation with people that have Apple TV and and pound this show out. Yeah, it's a great way to do it. All right. It has been a great episode of the Exports Podcast, and we look forward to bringing it back to you guys next week. So if you happen to be listening for the first time this week or only caught us from here to there, make sure you're subscribed to us. You have a chance to listen to us every week, no matter when we put the podcast out. And that's by finding us on Podbean, Apple, Google, or Spotify. Feel free to interact with us on Twitter or Facebook at the Exports Pod or emailing us, theexportspod at gmail.com. 
We always encourage for involvement from those of you that want to, and uh, we have we had a great experience with getting ideas to talk about and knowing what people are thinking about based on uh, Twitter and stuff. So keep up that action, and we will respond. That's that's how we do. We we have so. We are at the point of our interactions that we can respond to pretty much everybody one way or the other, whether it's verbally on the podcast or, or in messages. So uh, make sure you listen to us again next week. We hope to be breaking down a lot of action from week one of the high school football season and getting ready for week one of the NCAA season. And we'll be back next week, next week to do that here on the Yak Sports Podcast. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.